Hey, I'm Savio Vega, WPOB, quarantine, my way or the highway. Hey fans, welcome to another edition of WPOV Quarantine. I'm your host, the legend T. James Logan, and with me are, we got two co-hosts now. We're talking about the lone wolf, Andy Anderson. Andy, welcome. Always a pleasure. And our third favorite, <laughs> just kidding, <laughs> and our, our, our uh, other co-host, Elio Cadella. Elio, welcome. What's going on? <laughs> well, today we uh, we have some uh, reoccurring guests. Each person here has already at least done one episode of uh, of quarantine. Uh, Raven Lake, who's graced us with a couple more than one. Raven, welcome back. Thank you. And we have returning to the show Nazar Watfa. Welcome back. What's up, man? Good and our good friend Scotty Mack, all the way from the West Coast. Scotty, how you doing, brother? I'm doing excellent. Well, excellent. Today, we're going to deep dive into some wrestling. We're going to talk about a really interesting, I would almost say phenomenon that you're wondering these days where it goes, because I've just realized that I don't think anyone fits into this mold very much. And we're going to talk about that and why. And what it is, it's the foreign menace. Ever since the beginning of wrestling, it seems, there was always the foreign menace, the 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 the, the interloper, the, the different person, the person usually of a different color, of a different race, who spoke another language, who was the bad guy that everyone came into the territory. And because he was different, we were told to automatically hate him. Not sure how that flies in today's PC world, but we're going to talk about that as we go down the road. But if we start at the very beginning, who is our prototypical starts of this. I would like to really look right now at The Sheik and Abdullah the Butcher. Here are two guys who consistently across the 60s and 70s and a little bit into the 80s for Abdullah were guys who they went into the area and I don't even know if they were ever good guys, to be honest. Does anyone know if The Sheik or Abdullah was ever a good guy? Uh, Abdullah was in the late stages of his career in Puerto Rico. In Puerto Rico. Only in yes. Puerto Rico could that happen, too. Yes, it was an interesting <laughs> thing to see because it was, um, let's see, that would have been like the early 2000s. And I can tell you that, uh, I don't know what song it was to, but a lot of times, because working with IWA and then WWC was you know, was the um, competition, but checking in with their show sometimes, and uh, Abdullah would be kind of dancing around the ring and stuff. That was like part of his thing. And, but, I mean, that's what was kind of getting over, right, because you're used to this – maniac crazy maniac and all of a sudden he's kind of like bumping and doing his little thing so yes abdullah was a baby face uh in his later stages of his career in puerto rico it's hard, it's hard to imagine abdullah's uh, face it was something yeah. yeah well if you're up late at night elio thinking of abdullah's face i think you need a new home <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> now scotty mac i throw to you abdullah the butcher throw that name out what conjures in your mind about abdullah the butcher well, I'm gonna ask ask you guys because I I don't know um, where where did they say that Abdullah the Butcher hailed from? The Sudan. Yeah, the madman from the Sudan. Okay. He was an African okay. menace, I guess. Okay. Um, so, uh, would would was it because he looked different and um, and sounded different and maybe uh, you know the fans didn't know if, if he could speak English, I, I guess. Um, 
but I think is that different than than if he was from a country that we were in any sort of conflict with, and like we is in mm -hmm. like the states and Canada, like you know, was was it just because Abdullah the Butcher looked different and and um, didn't speak our language? Um, you know, was he less of a foreign menace um, because he wasn't from a country that we weren't at odds with at any point? Well, that's an interesting point. And you know what? This is the one thing that's kind of weird, and we, we, we're we probably going to skate and skate around here quite a bit, is racism. Um, let's face the fact here that if you were a white guy, didn't matter if you could speak or not, but if you were from another country, they could package you as a menace, depending on how far you were. If mm -hmm. you notice with black wrestlers, though, um, you either were the good guy, black guy, or you were like Kamala or all these mysterious mm -hmm. black men who didn't speak and were violent savages. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's pretty hard, I guess, you know, like Abdullah the Butcher. I mean, yes, he rarely spoke. Um, he had a fearsome look to him. He was this very large, uh, scary guy. And I know for, as a kid, because I didn't, you know, when I first started wrestling and saw him, I was very confused because I didn't understand uh you know, geopolitical things and whatnot. And I didn't understand why he had curved boots and he looked kind of like a chic dude, but he was black. So for me, it took me years to understand that Sudan, that was the thing, right? You know, being a young guy, I just assumed black guys were more like Kamala because I was a kid, mm -hmm. right? I didn't know my geography. And uh, so there was also the fact he was, he had a style of wrestling that was unlike a lot of people's. When you went and seen Abdullah the Butcher, Scotty, you were guaranteed a blood match. That's all he did. Mm. Lots of cutting, lots of bleeding, cutting himself, cutting others. It was, I mean, I have so many of these wrestling magazines that are just, even though they're black and white, you're horrified of by the pictures in there. And uh, they packaged him as this, this monster who would come into territories. He would come in. And this is the formula, by the way, folks, that was used in the old days here, is the foreign menace would come in. He would take out some of the mid-card to lower-card guys, rough up a lot of the lower-card guys, hurt a few of the mid-card guys, and then one guy would rise up, usually whoever was going to be your focal point of that company. He would work hard and finally get the victory and drive Abdullah the Butcher off, and then Abby was gone for another year or two till he came back and the whole cycle started again. But and I mean, this, that's what, that's what my, my point is, though. Like it, Abdullah the Butcher, it's like, it wasn't so much that um, uh, it, it was because he was foreign. Was it more because he was a monster and he was and it was going to be a bloodbath? I agree. I heard everyone like. I think it was part of it. As opposed yeah. to like you know, not to jump ahead or no, anything, no, no. But no like go ahead. Sergeant Slaughter um, uh, turning heel and and uh, in against Hulk Hogan right in the middle of of you know war with Iraq. So that like it's like okay, there there was extra reason to to hate the foreigner with Abdullah the Butcher, I think um, it was just more to do with him being a monster rather than where he, yep. where he was from, right? I, I, I agree. I don't. I think it, it was to that level, that, and I think the foreign thing threw it on higher. I think especially in the United States and Southern places where more xenophobic uh, audiences, it was a little extra spice, the fact that he was from some faraway place that nobody knew about. I mean, even to this day, to be honest, what do we know? How, you don't hear a lot about what's in the Sudan. We know it's in Africa. We know there's, you know, it's a violent place, but we have no idea what it is. So at that time, I think it really fed into people's imaginations. And I think that's why if Abdullah the Butcher was just, 
if he didn't say he didn't do the the Sudan thing, just suppose because let's face it, he was a Canadian. He's a Canadian dude. Uh, suppose he just uh, packaged himself as Joe Canada, went around and did the same matches. Yes, he would have a good reputation. I don't think he would have been in the stratosphere. This is what made people remember him more. I think it was just extra salt on the steak. You know what I mean? And I think that it fed. I think it really did feed into the xenophobia. Is I just I. I think- in, but if Go we're gonna, I'm gonna say, let's say yep. uh, he's from Canada. So let, mm-hmm. let let's say we he, he's from, um, well, none of it didn't ex- wasn't called none of it back then. Yep. But let's just say we build him as this crazy Eskimo from right. from uh, none of it. Right. It it he wouldn't have it wouldn't have been a foreign thing. He would have been a monster. He would have been a monster Eskimo. You know, maybe he uh, comes down with the you know, it. I but, I think. But you're forgetting the point here. Uh, he yeah, totally would have. He would have been he would have been a foreign monster because he's a different color. That's where the race came in. I mean, they used to package French guys as monsters in Western Canada. You know, the Vachons and these guys. They used to package the French guys as the when they come here. So it it was just the idea of being of separating them from what you are at that place. You know what I mean? Whatever town you went into, whatever area you went into. Right. They would but by saying that, but by saying that, though, it doesn't mean that he has to be from the Sudan. No, I'm just it's, saying it's like you're saying it's like it's the extra spice because I yeah. I agree with Scotty. Like for all the times watching Abdullah, like whether it was Puerto Rico, whether it was AWA, anywhere else, to mm-hmm. me it was very like the fact that he was from the Sudan mm-hmm. wasn't ever really an issue. There was never Sudan versus the U.S., Sudan versus Canada, mm-hmm. it, and from the uh, visual aspect of he looks different. Mm-hmm. I can I could agree with you saying it's extra spice, mm-hmm. but I at the end of the day I would still lean with Scotty saying that to me, it's because he was more of a monster mm-hmm. than a foreign menace because of the Sudan. I'm just gonna say it's the whole package. I mean, maybe we can we can disagree for sure. Well, but yeah. well I think I, like I think like I mean, and this is a positive thing. Mm-hmm. We like there there hasn't been guides didn't get heat. Because they were a black guy necessarily. Because mm-hmm. black guys have always they've been yep. heels and, and babies as black guys, yep. and that's a that's a positive thing that the that the black thing hasn't meant um, mm-hmm. that that you're a heel. So I think like I could see a dude with the body type of Abdul, like a white dude with a body type of like Abdul, and no, like not like poor English skills. And and a forehead that you could you know stick quarters in, <laughs> and you know, and and the white dude's gonna get uh, that same ins- insane heat too. I'm, I mean, mm-hmm. maybe maybe because he looked, you know, maybe that made him look more wild because he's supposed to be from Africa and, and all that. Mm-hmm. But I think a white dude with those with those qualities Someone. would all like if he's that monster. Then I think okay. I agree great. with you, Scotty Mac. Okay. Uh, does anyone know who Mark Lewin was? You guys remember yes. that dude? Okay. He's a dude who wrestled an awful lot like Abdullah the Butcher did in his heyday. Yet he's he nowhere considered. Exactly. Where is he from? He was a guy who did the exact same stuff that Abdullah the Butcher did all across the territories. And barely anyone remembers him because he was a white guy who just presented himself as a crazy white guy. Necro he was a bad Butcher. guy who can There's a white guy. That guy. Yeah. Got- Right. That's... Right. But I'm saying at this time, he was at the same time as Abdullah the Butcher. And I can mm-hmm. guarantee you, most people will not remember him, but people do remember Abdullah the Butcher. Were they because compared he was at the time? Well, they were, or yeah, no. they were in the same areas. I mean, they, they did the same tours. They didn't fight, fight each other. 
But they were, the, you know, Mark Lewin did the same thing. He came into territories after Abdullah Butcher months later. He was the big bad guy who, you know, and he did the same stuff. He did extreme blood matches. He did extreme crazy things. But the thing was, he was a, a normal white guy presented as a crazy white guy instead. And most people have not remembered that. And that's why I just okay, said Abdullah but, had that extra dressing on. That's but Ab Abdullah could have been booked from somewhere in the States. And I think, you know, yeah. kind of like, kind of going to like what, what Scotty was saying about like the whole, mm -hmm. you know, that's cool thing. I think he could be from this from the states, though, and mm -hmm. he would, he could still be just as vilified and have just as much heat as saying he's from the Sudan. Okay, now there is a reason I disagree about this because I'm going to go into it in a few minutes when we get I get into the uh, to some personal stuff about uh, about some of these guys that we've dealt with before. Um, let's switch gears then, okay? Uh, but does anyone else want to weigh in about Abdullah the Butcher at the moment? Anyone else have anything they want to say or remember or? It's awesome that, you know, one of the top uh, heels ever in the business is Canadian. Yep. Yeah. I got to say, I'm proud I got to see him once, but I was really sickened by what I saw in that match. I don't think I'd ever want to see another Abdullah the Butcher match ever again. My my first, see it. my first run in Puerto Rico was very, it was very brief. That would have been in 98. Uh, and at mm -hmm. the time, IWA wasn't there yet. So I got to go and work for a month with uh, WWC. And even at this point, Abdullah was a baby face. Cause I was, I was a heel. And I remember that we had to do a, uh, a big kind of schmoz at the end. I can't remember if it was like a pull apart run in whatever, but I remember going in there and I remember that no matter what happened, I didn't want Abdullah to get his hands on me just because mm -hmm. of what he's known for. Mm -hmm. And I remember like getting, you know, like, maybe within like five, six feet. And it was like, turn around and like hightail it out. Cause like no way I'm not going to touch me. <laughs> Well, you know, I've, I've told this story about Abdullah a few times. Is The first time I saw him, he was on a card. I didn't even realize he was on the card. I was actually there to see another wrestler. It was another big name. And he was another name on the card. And I was like, oh, wow, Abdullah the Butcher. I've never seen this guy. And, you know, I grew up reading all those magazines. Part of me is like wondering what's going on. Uh, I remember about a year or two later, I was interviewing uh, the guy he wrestled that night. And the guy said to me, you know what? He goes, I'll tell you what happened that night. Is we're in the back and the promoter says to the two of us, all right, you guys. This is kind of a family or show, so I don't want the usual, you know, crazy bloodletting. Let's keep the weapons, things down. Let's go and give them a good scary show, but let's not go too crazy. And so the, he said, so they looked at each other and, and the guy said, yeah, all right, okay, this would be a neat, not a bad night. So he goes, yeah, so I'm out there two minutes into the match. Abdullah, the butcher's uh, manager, hands him a beer bottle. He smashes it on the thing and starts jabbing me in the forehead and face with it. And I'm thinking, oh. It's going to be that kind of match. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was that was something. I'm going to say that. That was something. Um, let's talk next about The Sheik. Now, this one's tough because I've only ever read things about The Sheik. Um, I, I've, of course, have not seen much of The Sheik. Actually, it's, it's one of those guys. That, there are some things if you dig hard, but, I mean, it's hard digging to get a lot of the guys from the 60s, early 70s, like any footage of it. But The Sheik was a guy who was uh, from Detroit, I believe. He had... Uh, I don't know what his background was. You know, I really don't. But it was uh, a Middle Eastern descent. And uh, he played the character of this crazy sheik, right? Which is a sort of funny thing because uh, what exactly is a sheik? I'm not sure because all I know of a sheik is a guy from wrestling running around with a turban on his head throwing mm. fireballs. Mm. That's probably not at all what a sheik is. I'm pretty sure that doesn't happen in their country. They don't run around downtown flinging fireballs at people, but maybe they do. I don't know. But uh, first of all... I. I got to ask, Nazar, you wrestle quite a bit as a chic type character, right? Yep. Um, do you remember much, first of all, of the chic? Did, did you know anything about the original chic himself? 
I think his name was like uh, Ed Farouk or something Ed, like that. Ed Farhat or something like that. Farhat, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, Eddie Farhat. Yeah, I remember hearing like he was from Detroit and whatever, and he was just this Middle Eastern guy that would have these crazy like bloody matches and shoot fireballs and that. And then I'm not sure if he started as the Sheik or just transitioned to it. But mm-hmm. from what I know was he was always this kind of rough looking Middle Eastern guy. And then he ended up... Uh, getting a valet who was a you know like white american girl and people hated him even more for that because you know kind of you know how it is like you, you kind of treat her like shit a little bit and just mm-hmm. a little rougher than normal and it was just people were always afraid of him because of what he was and back then there was a you know a lot of mystique about wrestling because like people would question it but they never really would ask if it was real or not and definitely not him yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I like I just I know like I mean yeah like from what I've heard it's just all his matches were bloody and he would just always do these like you know really just super like bloody dirty things to his opponents and then you know like it's a great way to draw heat especially if you're you know you're wrestling an American guy and mm-hmm. you know you're you're built from the Middle East because you know the conflict is always in the Middle East in America so it's just it was always easy to, you know, get a gimmick like that and start mm-hmm. heat and, you know, just, I mean, how else do you sell tickets kind of thing? Now, when you were building your character, uh, what did you take as, um, as inspiration? What did you look at? <clears throat> well, I, uh, I was actually YouTubing the Iron Sheik mm-hmm. and I saw all his like crazy videos where he's telling people, you know, he wants to break their back and mm-hmm. do whatever and stuff like that. And then, Originally, when I was going to wrestle, um, I had no idea for a gimmick, but, you know, uh, I started with PWA and Kurt Strock and I was like, this is when I had hair. And he's like, you know, you're tall. You have a very arrogant look to you. Uh, we want to make you a chic because the people are going to hate you. And because like, you know, I would say a lot of stupid things jokingly, but they would come off as arrogant if you didn't know me. But I, mean, I would only say them to my friends. Yeah. And it's just like, and I would just say dumb things for shock value kind of thing. Not like I was never serious about it. So then he was like, try to, you know, just like, we need you to be a Middle Eastern gimmick, which I kind of like figured that's what it would have been. Mm-hmm. And, What's your actual background, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, well, I'm Lebanese. So I am you- like, I was, bo- I was born in Canada, but I'm Lebanese. And like my first mm-hmm. language is Arabic. Um, you know, I, oh, wow. I was... I was raised Muslim uh, and yeah, you know, but like I'm from small towns and grew up in small towns. Then I moved to Edmonton, just, you know. And you've been uh, back to Lebanon, right? I've been there before. Yeah. It's, and do people walk around throwing fireballs just for my curiosity? Uh, <laughs> no, see, I don't think that works. Like, where did the fireball thing come from? I, am, I know like in, in Lebanon, like, mm-hmm. like especially in, in Beirut and stuff, there's a lot of like they call the homeless people gypsies and mm-hmm. they always have their carts with trinkets and beans and stuff they'll sell but a lot of the times like they like to show off what they have so they do tend to like throw fireballs or magic tricks and stuff like that and it's just oh, kinda, wow. there we go cause, like cause it's, it's it is a like, shoot. <laughs> yeah well it's it's, it's kind of like you know like you'll see a, a homeless guy pushing his cart of trinkets but nobody really pays attention to him until you see this big flash of light behind you kind of thing. And then you start to watch. And then 
they'll throw their fireball to get your attention. And then they bring out like the bigger, better kind of stuff that they could sell you. But then, you know, it's a third world country. It's kind of, you know, everybody's pretty poor. So they'll sell you like, you know, like laser pens for two bucks or whatever Mm -hmm. they, they get, you know? And, but I mean, I've definitely never seen a sheik throw a fireball. I mean, a sheik is basically a Lebanese or a Muslim holy man. So he's like a priest. (laughs) So it's like you take that, but I think it's just easier to identify the, the sheik garb and bring it to wrestling as to just Mm -hmm. having like, like, you know, um, Kareem, the fruit guy. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I I don't know. Do you feel like you get, do you feel like you get heat because um, of, of being that like, Uh, yeah, like he's that, or is it because you're, is you just do the arrogant thing? Like in 2020, it, like I don't think the fans would feel comfortable booing you just because of where you're from. Uh, well, in the beginning, like even before when I was debuting the character, it was me against a guy named Kenny Stryker, who this was his like second match and nobody's seen him wrestle. And the second they heard my music, they booed me. And it was kind of <laughs> like I, I came out and I was like, I was like, okay, like I was supposed to be heel anyways. And like, as it, the character progressed i feel like new people coming into wrestling hated me for what i was kind of thing just because like maybe they were reacting to the way the other fans were but Mm -hmm. i know definitely in small towns i get a lot of heat for yeah you know being whatever but um but like even now like still i don't know if it's just because the character if they really mean it but like you know they'll still ask me like you know where's my camel and just like other like you know stuff like derogatory that that's kind of like derogatory yeah. racial slurs which you know like i mean i've i've grew, been growing up with it all my life but mm-hmm. it's just kind of it's kind of surprising now they still do it but it doesn't affect me but i mean if i'm a heel and they're saying that to me it's like a good thing yeah because, of course of course because yeah. like i'm trying and i'm not going to be like in the back and like man these guys hurt my feelings they told me that <laughs> You know, it's really hug you. You know, like they're like I've, I've had guys be like, "Hey, man, if you want, you could bring your camel inside." And I'm like, you know, I'll turn around, like, "Oh, we'll tell your mother to come inside then." You know. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know. I think nowadays, mm-hmm. like when I was heel, people hated me because they were supposed to, because I was heel. Mm-hmm. But after after the match or when they catch me going to my car or something, they'd be like, man, like, I love your character. I love to hate you. you you're so good. You just are great at getting under people's skin and just, you know, because, like, I try to think of every aspect I can to annoy you from the second my music hits to the second I leave, you know. And so I just, I don't know. Wow. Uh, to answer it now, I mm-hmm. don't know if I get heat because I'm Middle Eastern, mm-hmm. but... I know, I know like people don't feel comfortable when I speak Arabic around them because mm-hmm. even if you're not talking about them, people always think you are yeah. and it makes, it makes people uncomfortable because they can't understand you. And then just, you know, you got this guy who's like, you know, I'm 6'2", 220 and I'm standing in front of you talking shit and there's like nothing you could do about it. And if you're with a girl, I'm going to, you know, hit on the chick <laughs> and whatever. And, you know, I'll, Tell her, tell her, tell them whatever, I'll do whatever I want with her. And, you know, like she'll kind of either laugh or smile, but they'll get mad because, you know, you're, 
basically emasculating them. And mm-hmm. yeah. So it just, it, it's a little bit of everything, I think. Okay. But in the beginning, I would say definitely it was probably a little bit of racism because back in 2007, I mean, this whole movements of any sort movement <laughs> wasn't, wasn't really on anybody's mind it was just yeah. you know people are under the whole mentality i paid my dollar i could say what i want well you know what we're gonna we're gonna progress here through the 70s 80s and 90s and we're gonna get to the end here we're gonna discuss way even deeper in about is racism a part of things and and where characters like this fit today we're gonna try that for sure um with the Sheik, I just brought him up because, like, old-time wrestling fans would know the guy was a legend for just as outrageous and crazy things as Abdullah the Butcher. So there were two guys who really uh, tore up the thing. Now, I want to cut over now to the 80s, okay? Because in the 80s here, all of a sudden, we have the feelings that are reflected in the world start reflecting into wrestling. All of a sudden now... The Russians, who we were having, the Americans and the Russians are having, you know, problems on international scale. All of a sudden, there's a bunch of Russian wrestlers who are bad guys all popping up. And they're automatically hated, first of all, because they're Russian right off the bat. And we'd be full of crap if we were to say, no, no, it's because of the way they acted. We were trained to hate them from the moment their music hit and they walked out with mm-hmm. their red flags. Ironically, at this time, uh, Iranians because of the conflict the Americans had with Iran. All of a sudden, the Iron Sheik is uh, very vilified, probably more so in his career than he had been up to that point. But all of a sudden, the real world steps in, and we're looking at reflections of our fears and hatreds. And this is where I think the foreign menace really comes into play when we start seeing this sort of things. And there was a wealth of wrestlers, and I very find it hilarious that most of the Russian wrestlers in the 80s we're not Russians. Russian, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of Frenchmen. A lot of, uh, I mean, Nikita Koloff, uh, I interviewed him once. The nicest guy in the world. He's There's no Russian in that dude whatsoever. <laughs> He's the nicest guy in the I, world. I don't know what, what was Barry Darcel's background? Crusher Khrushchev? I mean, yeah, was, but what yeah. was he? I don't, he wasn't actually Russian. No, no, he portrayed a Russian sympathizer. Yeah. He yes. was a guy who wanted to oh. be Russian so bad, he joined the Russians oh, and ran with them. Kind of okay. And even if, and if you go back, I mean, even before Nikita, just to step back yep. a little bit, you go Ivan. back to Ivan Koloff, also Canadian. Yeah, French Canadian. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I think, just, and just to kind of reiterate what you were saying at the top of the show, that I, I think, you know, and Scotty kind of hit on it. And it's just one of those things that the more we talk about stuff, and as, as Nizar was talking about, to me, a foreign menace, like, you know, you say foreign menace and automatically it's like, oh, okay, you know, especially in a wrestling capacity, it's like you said, you think Russians, you think Iranians. But to me, the, the way, I see it the way I've kind of always seen it. And I mean, I'm sure we'll discuss even further as we kind of hit, you know, more modern time, but the foreign menace is anybody that's different, anybody mm-hmm. that's not from around here. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like from a local sense in Alberta, you know, there's a rivalry between Edmonton and Calgary. So to me, it's like, you know, you could be in, in yeah. Edmonton and somebody from Calgary could be like a foreign menace because you're different. Mm-hmm. Why don't you like him? Well, he's from Calgary. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. the same thing, Eastern Canada, Western Canada. Okay, well, mm. someone in BC doesn't like, you know, the French guys in, in Quebec, or we don't like the mm. guys from Ontario. And it's the mm. same thing in the States. You know, you think of, like, even in Tennessee, you can have somebody in Memphis, not like somebody from, like, Knoxville, because it's across the state, mm-hmm. you know, or mm. Tennessee and Georgia. That's, you bring these guys in, and all of a sudden, the foreign menace, it's just somebody, somebody that's from a different place, whether they look different, whether they don't even have to talk yeah. different. They can just say, oh. You know, I'm from Georgia. Well, I'm from Tennessee. I don't like you. Yeah. Just, but 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 
for, with with wrestling to play on that you know more of a, a larger scale a global scale uh you know as you talked about kind of wrestling reflecting society and i think it's you know if you if you go back through the history of professional wrestling and the booking a lot of it is always reflecting of what's happening in modern you know and happening in, in society mm-hmm. and that's where you know it's like you said well in the 70s there wasn't a lot of russians and all of a sudden in the 80s as we're said to you know now boom you get the the iranians and stuff and it, it's just to me it's playing on the most simple fear of something or somebody that's different okay so well right now as we look into the 80s right raven yeah. Who is your uh, favorite Russian to hate in the 80s? Who portrayed for you the one Russian guy that like, oh, that guy? Uh, it would be the Iron Sheik or um, Nikolai not Russian, Volkov. No, Nikolai Volkov. <laughs> Nikolai Volkov, who with the, probably the worst rendition of does, I wonder if he's oh. actually singing. Is he actually singing the Russian national anthem? I, I don't know. I, I believe he is because I, I believe it's it's from times okay. that I think I've heard it's it's like the legit Russian national anthem. Okay, he is not Russian, by the way. He is from no. like uh, he's from like uh, like a, a, a Eastern European Slavic, country. Yeah, Slavic yeah but he's not Russian See, at but all. Even before even before he was a Russian, yeah. he was a Mongol. Yeah, he was one of the Mongols. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah. a Mongol. So that that was a foreign menace too, because oh, the, yeah. the Mongols from Mongolia. Well, it's different and uh. <laughs> yeah, like and... New Yorkers. Uh. <laughs> There's no New Yorkers here to get no. mad at you in this episode. <laughs> um, Scotty, man, hate, most hated Russian uh, guy that you remember in the 80s. Which guy appealed to you in a way? Oh, e- easily, it was Nikolai Volkov stood out. It was, um, uh, that was right when I was old enough to, like, I guess it would have been, yeah, I was like seven or eight years old. Um, mm. And, 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 uh, Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik were um, uh, two of the top heels. They were on the first live WWE show I ever saw. Nice. Um, so, yeah, Nikolai Volkov uh, was for me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Nazar, Russian out of all that time. Was there anything? Are you going to say Volkov too? Is that, are we all pro WWE here? What's going on? Yeah, well, for me, it was Nikolai Volkov because okay. you know, I, it was the early 90s when I started watching wrestling. Cause I'm, okay. Younger, <laughs> Andy, or was it, wasn't Nikolai a baby face by then with the scent on his uh, yeah, with DiBiase because <laughs> he was broke? <laughs> uh, well, it was like the early, early 80s, or I mean, yeah. the, sorry, the late 80s, 80s yeah. uh, into the early 90s. But I remember yeah. him being like, because like from the tapes that my parents would actually record wrestling for me, hoping that I would get into it, and then. Um, and then I bitterly complained when you did. And then yeah. now they, not, my mom hates it. My dad's yeah. not surprised. But yeah. Okay, okay. You know what? I'll uh, I'll stray just partially to be different, but but uh-huh. also because um, between Nikolai and the Iron Sheik, I'm definitely more of an Iron Sheik guy. But yeah. to me, um, Nick, just with Nikolai being more in tag team, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and he kind of like that that package of those two having the heat. But everything from what I read and from the limited that I was limited parts I was able to see, I'm actually going to say Nikita Koloff. Nice, because yeah. there seemed to be a lot more, not just a lot more hatred, but a lot more intensity. Especially the way he was booked mm. when he was uh, booked against Flair, when he mm. was booked against Magnum TA. Yeah, and there was you know, yeah mm. against Dusty, like yeah. you know, and the, the Road Warriors. Like to me, the way he was booked and uh, presented. 
I think yeah. there's a lot deeper uh, hatred, even more vilified, and I would say more more of a draw to see him as a singles competitor get beat more intimidating. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. like, I mean, like Nikolai was just kind of like the big burly Russian, mm-hmm. like you know, but maybe not necessarily as intimidating or as imposing, yeah. but. Yeah. Nikita Koloff, I mean, because he had kind of like the Goldberg Batista traps. Mm-hmm. I guess you can say oh. Batista and Goldberg had the Nikita Koloff traps. Yeah. You know, and then just with the facial hair and this and the big thing with the chain and, and Uncle yeah. Ivan, like, man, like that was some badass. Like, that's yeah. a badass Russian right there. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. Who, you know what? I mean, yeah. I, I've always shown this bias towards the AWA. And uh, because of that, when I started watching WWE, all the things I loved about AWA, I hated in the WWF at the time. So, when, you know, like AWA, let's face it, half the guys were overweight dudes and tights, old men, yet I loved them. So when I went over to WWF and I saw um, – when I saw oh, I, Nikolai Volkov come out, to me, he was this old, tired-looking, fat dude with the yeah. big pink underwears yeah, on. But come on, and, let's compare to who the AWA had and then eventually know, the WF had. I know, I know. But, you, you know, that was my bias. So I never looked at Nikolai ever as, for me, anything of importance. Well, that's the difference, too, with him and Nikita mm-hmm. Kolov. With, with yep. um, Nikolai, he was Iron Sheik's second. Like, yeah. Iron Sheik was the former world champ, not Nikolai Volkov. So. Yeah, right. good point, good point. And, and the uh, AWA, are you going to bring up Boris Sukov? I was actually at the <laughs> end. I was going to bring him on. I was going to say, is there not a worse Russian wrestler we could think of that was than Boris Sukov? bulbous head of his. Oh, it's <laughs> giant, that massive. But I mean, even the way he was booked, I mean, it was like mm-hmm. he was like a marginal menace to Rick Martel. Yeah. But yeah, never like was right. Right. yeah, but never like a, <laughs> but never like a like to me like even as a kid like I don't remember ever yeah. him being like a serious threat to the AWA title mm-hmm. when Martel had it. No, and I literally was after I was going to say my piece about Nikita Kolov. I was going to say was there a worse Russian wrestler than Boris Sukov? Because well, I guess you brought up Nikita. What was his name? Uh, Khrushchev. What did he call himself? Uh, uh, Crusher Khrushchev. Crusher Khrushchev, the fake Russian. Well, the, yeah, the, the fake sympathizer. Russian. Yeah, he was pretty bad too because he really didn't do much in his career at all as Khrushchev. It was a very small run and he was easily forgotten with his stuff. But yeah, Nikita was like this big, muscly, crazy looking, scary yeah. dude. Nikolai Volkov looked like my grandfather in pink tights up there and mm-hmm. could not get the, the there was a disconnect yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Okay. So Russians, uh, we talk about, and I just, this made me think about this. We talk about how promoters, obviously they want to, with the menace thing, they want to uh, dip into the fear of what's currently going on, like in the thing. So we had the Russian thing. We had the, uh, we had the Iranian thing. Uh, does anyone remember this? Because I didn't know what to think of this. This was something that was in the news for a while. That was big. And then they came out with a character. I guess we were supposed to automatically hate him because of where he was from. And that was Colonel De Beers, a uh, South African guy. Well, apartheid was big in the news. Yeah. And uh, here was a guy. Wow. What a hard sell this guy was. He certainly didn't look like much of a wrestler, and he certainly didn't do much, but you really swear and yell at people a lot. I do remember that. He was great at bitching people out. He was not so great at wrestling. Do you, does anyone remember Colonel De Beers in the old AWA mm-hmm. days? Yeah. yeah. What, what do you guys think of that dude, Andy? I, I th- to me, and I, I, from what I can recall, I'm going to agree with you. Like There wasn't much to it. I, I think it was more just he was that symbol. Mm-hmm of you know this is like apartheid and it's kind of like you know it's very rare that 
we see Germans, especially portrayed kind of, mm-hmm. you know, like, like not, you know, if there's going to be Germany's chances are there's going to be like Nazi Germany and you very rarely see that. And I think that's why outside of Colonel De Beers, there wasn't really much for the South African mm-hmm. sympathizer, South African. I mean, I think I'm trying to think of like, there was a, is it Steve? I think there was like one or two wrestlers that might've been, but other than that, like, you know, that's where you had Colonel De Beers working with uh, Jimmy Snuka. And I mean, I kind of fit in there, but again, like, because you guys pop for the term, I, I'd say Colonel De Beers was more of a marginal menace. Yeah, than, he was too. Uh, yeah, and, and, and I got to step back because I just wanted just for one moment for, for talking about Abdullah mm-hmm. and for the way he was booked. Uh, so I will submit to you and to Mr. Scotty Mack two white individuals that I can mm-hmm. say rival Abdullah Okay, would be the sheep herders. Okay. Uh, All right. Mm-hmm. And they were from New Zealand. That was the whole thing. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and the whole uh, becoming the bushwhackers just sort of killed that. Yeah. I'm sorry. It yeah, erased no, no, way yeah. too much of that. It erased. No, but, it but, erased it's, it. but it's nah, yeah. but here's a here's a funny thing. <laughs> if you're gonna say if you're gonna say that, then Abdullah mm-hmm. the butcher dancing. Yeah. In, wipe out in, everything in Puerto Rico, <laughs> which none of us saw in another language. So that really doesn't count. That's ignorant, now, my friend. No, but that's reality, my friend. <laughs> no. That's reality. Um. Here's For the one wrestling thing I fans to that know the street putter, yes. Scotty Mack was like, yeah, because yeah. that's, yeah. you know, it was a similar cool. style and they were I violent. They were, if, yeah. I, I think there was a picture of the sheep herders, bloody in, mm-hmm. in one of those. Uh, I don't even think it was a PWI family magazine. It was one of the uh, even other yeah. ones yeah, yeah, that yeah. we had a lot. Of, and I, that was one of the grossest things I'd ever seen at the mm-hmm. time was, was a bloody picture of the sheep herders. I, I like, I think, I mean, obviously it wasn't a time in WWE when, when, when Bushwhackers are there to do that. No. But it, I, I think it would have been a completely different career for them if they could have done the Sheep mm-hmm. Herders thing in WWE. I'm sure they did, you know, great with, with uh, they, were, they were super over, but I mean, they never held the tag team titles even once. And I think the Sheep Herders mm-hmm. could have. Yeah, it was sort of funny too, but you say that, Andy, okay, I submit to you some white guys, blah, blah, blah. But do you realize they were packaged as being the Kiwi sheep herders, giving us the idea that New Zealand was so exotic, we didn't know much about it, that these were the wild men of New Zealand, which is super funny because New Zealanders really aren't like that at all. They're probably one of the most laid back people in the world. But I know this because the Kiwi sheep herders would come to Stampede Wrestling my grandmother was convinced because they were these evil guys from New Zealand. It was right there. Once again, the foreign menace, they were projected right. as that being the thing. They weren't just the, the sheep herders, these dudes who just showed up and they were rough white guys. No, they were foreign white guys. But it wasn't another country. Exactly. But I'm saying it was the packaging of the foreign thing that was added to it. Oh, I'll agree with the That's foreign thing. The but earlier you said the part mm-hmm. about Abdullah, Abdullah being black. Right. But I also said the reason why we remember him a little bit more than maybe some of the crazier black blood wrestlers of that time was just the extra bit on top. The foreign part was just added on top. That's what I'm saying with the sheep herders. They were an awesome team. They were a bloody team. But then they always threw the Kiwi part to remind people that they were from another country that nobody knew a lot about at this time. Like, and I know that from growing up because my grandmother and my uncles would be just bitterly complaining about these New Zealanders. And then when I grew older and I realized, uh, what? <laughs> it, you know, mm-hmm. the reality of that. And that's what I'm saying by the Foreign Menace Incorporation. When, we're, when we attach another country to it, 
uh, a vague geographical place we're not sure of at the time, it adds a mystique to it, to that thing. It gives it one more step of craziness. The sheep herders, man, they were cool. I love those dudes watching their wrestling. But I think they fed in a tiny bit more by the fact they were the Kiwi sheep herders. We were reminded they were from another country. They came out with their flag to show you they were from another country. And mm. I'm, this is what the story I'm going to give you guys, and I want you to think about this. And this is why I come from this uh, idea of, of why people have a bit of xenophobia in them, okay? Um, about 1985, now I'm from a small northern town in uh, Alberta called Grand Cash. Not much going on there. But one day, they brought in Stampede Wrestling to Grand Cash. And uh, I was just recently talking to my friend a couple days ago about this. And he said, yeah, you remember that time they brought in the Stampede Wrestling? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. He goes, you know what's so weird? Just think about this today in this age, that the entire town, like so many people came into this thing. The whole place was packed. And Gamma Singh was fighting. And there was like a hundred people chanting Packy at him, screaming, you Packy, you Packy. And these are people in a town where we didn't even have black people. We didn't even have very much racial differences except for native Indians. So it's not like we even had very many East Indians to, to, to have some kind of, uh, you know, built up hatred or something over time that, that some people get. All of a sudden, they just keyed into the fact that he was from another country, mm-hmm. that he, and then they had the racial slurs. And he said, he remembers seeing that and looking around and seeing all this. And then he walked over to his friend's uh, dad, who was the principal at the school, and his dad was like, this is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. He stopped for a sec and realized how easy it is to get into the mentality, because that's the thing. When people are saying to, to Nazar about bringing in the camel or whatever, it's because they're being part of a pack mentality. Because I've been there in the crowd. We're all starting to say things. After a while, you try and say the funnier thing. You try and get the attention thing. And it's so much easier to go the racial route, because it mm-hmm. seems like everyone laughs at those jokes. You make this kind of joke. Maybe it's starting to turn a little bit. But the last time I was at that, I heard jokes, you know, being directed at Nazar that were definitely not uh, very, very pro Middle Eastern, you know, it's that mentality we face into. And that's why the foreign menace thing, because it became such an easy thing for promoters, you know, you, Andy, from now on, you're the chic Andy. Okay. You're going to put this on. And it doesn't matter that two months ago, you were the, the, the white baby face who came out and shook hands. Now the fact that you're wearing a turban and your, your music's different and you're, you're going to do some different gestures and stuff, all of a sudden now you're a weird, different menace to the people. And, and that's, that's kind of, I don't know if that's a cheap cop-out or if that's just a brilliant way to make money of the day, you know? I think at the time it was something. I mean, and as mm-hmm. an a, as AWA yep. fans, I mean, obviously we can talk about Sheik and Al Casey and about mm-hmm. Ken Patera. We can talk mm-hmm. about uh, Crusher Blackwell. Blackwell. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that and that at the time, I, I mm-hmm. think that was a viable thing because that's where, you know, when you're a baby face and this and as kind of I alluded to and you kind of talked about. Okay, mm-hmm. well now he's following a different path or a different ideology. Scotty mm-hmm. mentioned Sergeant Slaughter, you know, yep. for forever being the hero and then becoming the sympathizer. So I think there was a time for it mm-hmm. and I'm sure we're gonna get to this in a little while, but right now yeah. it's because of the global community and accepting mm-hmm. of everybody. It's, it's definitely a much more difficult thing to do today mm-hmm. than it was 10 years ago, 20, 30 years ago. But, you but know? it's like, you're, it's like you're, you were saying like um, it's, it's a reflection of, of the culture and yeah. people Society. are, people are, we're, we're tribalistic 
when it comes down to it, whether we like it or not. Um, and um, I mean, I guess I, it's, I, I don't, I'm not sure if there was, if, if race relations were necessarily worse off because wrestling displayed, um, you know, like the, the foreigners as heels just because they were foreigners, but then they did that in movies as well. Like mm -hmm. before, you know, I'd say in the eighties or nineties, like find a, a middle Eastern character in a movie that wasn't a terrorist. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's just, it was, so it was, it's entertainment. It's that reflection of life. And so, um, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know if we could, uh, if we could still do that now. <laughs> well, and, and to, to what Scotty's saying, and I, and I have to point this out and there's also now in my, in my head, um, Previous to the 80s, I mean, and still, and even up to now, though, uh, two other foreign menaces that we really missed out on were the mm -hmm. Japanese and the Samoans. Okay, but mm -hmm. also, hang on, also to the point for what Scotty Max got in the background talking about Star Trek, and, I, and every time the screen comes up to him, I got to kind of see what's going on in the background. <laughs> but I mean, for those that know, like like right now, the uh, that episode that's there, you got uh, the, the people from the Enterprise, but they're going up against the Klingons. And because mm -hmm. the Klingons look different, act different, have different yeah. beliefs, they're the foreign menace. And right now, yeah. like even like, like that episode right there, that's where it's like building on hate, you know, that, mm -hmm. that entity there. It's, it's all about the hatred. And that's mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like, you know, T. James, like that's what you're saying. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's an easy way to draw or it was an easy mm -hmm. way to draw the heat and draw the hatred. And it's, mm -hmm. I mean, and again, that shows like 1966. So that just goes to show you. Yeah. Even for the times then. And it was funny because I just realized that too. Like, it's like, I, I wish I could control because every time now I go for a point, Andy jumps in. So I was like, I want to mute him. But, but that was the thing is I was like, if you go back far enough, the Japanese, like I was yeah. thinking of Mr. Hito while we were talking about this. And then I was going to say, oh yeah, the Japanese. Mr. Fuji, and, Mr. Hito. Yeah. yeah. Hakushi. Oh, sorry. Hakushi. Hakushi. Yeah. yeah. And what do we remember? Hey, remember the older Japanese wrestlers? They always portrayed as one thing. Remember, they always threw salt in your eyes. Yeah. They were the, the shifty yeah. Japanese. Yeah. You know, that's what they were called, shifty, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> right there, there's a great example. And and once again, it's a funny thing to note to a lot of the, the guys who portrayed Japanese wrestlers, when you look at them too, a lot of them were Samoan, or not Samoan, um, Hawaiians. So, yeah. many, <laughs> so many Japanese wrestlers were actually Hawaiian Americans. Mm -hmm. um, you find a so all this stuff starts like it just it seems like since wrestling started taking on colorful characters, there had to be a racial divide in some ways. It seems um, we go to the Japanese now. The, the ones for me that maybe just where geographically I grew up, uh, I never got a lot of exposure to the Samoans. Um, they're basically kind of a footnote of guys I never I can't even tell you if I've ever really seen many of their matches but then I've seen in the WWE or the WWF at the time you know they had the Tonga Kid and Haku and they had these Afa and Sika Afa. Mm -hmm. and and but, but Afa and Sika though were a little bit before my time I came after they and so I didn't really know them and so the portrayal I saw except for Haku which always seemed like a dangerous dude yeah they kind of portrayed the Samoans as these happy islander guys mm -hmm. you know and yeah uh, the islanders yeah, until Bobby Heenan, until Bobby Heenan got Ooh, them. Ooh, that Bobby Heenan. <laughs> <laughs> His evil ways. So, so one thing we can say there has been a, this rich tradition of uh, of foreigners. I mean, even so far back, I remember my grandmother talking about. Now, uh, what the heck were these guys called? Uh, they were the kangaroos. Do you guys ever yes. heard of it? Yeah. yeah. 
they were guys from Australia, but they Australia, were also yeah. portrayed at the beginning as dangerous foreigners. They came in with their weird looking pseudo military. They had their boomerangs. They were, you know, and it's so it's so funny because we can look back and laugh at it. But if we think far enough in our youth, we probably also joined in and cheered and booed against such characters, you know, uh, it's sort of a funny thing. Now, I, I want to ask a really quick question, Nazar. Um, yep. Do you like being the she character? Because you're not really a she character. You're, you're, yes, you have a Muslim background, but you're a Canadian. You've grown up yep. in small towns. You, you, I mean, I'm sure you, I mean, I've hung out with you. You know, if, if yeah. I never knew what your nationality was, I might never know. You don't really talk with the accent you use in the thing, you know. You're just a casual guy I know. Do you, do you kind of hate having to play that character or do you like to play that character? Do you feel that, do you feel there's still room for that kind of character? Uh, no, in the beginning, I didn't mind it because it was just, it was one of the, it's an easy sell, right? And if I was being healed, it's just, mm -hmm. I felt like being the chic and playing this Middle Eastern character would put me a step above the other guys. Mm -hmm. That like pretty much, because it was a gimmick and it was a gimmick that people know from the 80s and 60s and whatever a long-standing thing that like you see a guy like this in wrestling he's obviously a bad guy and it was just one of those things where like like i said my as soon as my music hit the people started booing me which was like basically like my job was pretty much half done because they already hated me and they didn't even see me and yeah. then the rest uh, you know and then you know i just my only thing i had to do was not screw up in the ring and just you know continue to keep the heat going um, the only thing I hated doing was the accent cause I didn't want to do it. But then like, cause me and Andy were always in the back doing the accent with each other. <laughs> He's like, Hey, you want to do an interview? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I did the interview and I was like, oh man, I was like, I didn't, or somebody was like, oh man, it's so cool. You did the accent. I was like, oh man, like I really didn't want to do it. Cause then I had to keep it up. <laughs> but, but I got to poke fun though. Cause, and Shiki baby, you know, I love you. A lot of yeah. us too, depending on how, depending on the day, his accent almost sounded more like Super Mario. I think too, like, the, I think why, if, if I like coming from your perspective, if, if, if I, uh, had your background and I was known for like amongst my friends saying arrogant things. It works well with, with the gimmick as well. Cause a chic would be held in high regard. So the arrogance goes along with it. It's not like you're, yeah. you're, um, you're just playing uh, from middle Eastern descent. Uh, just someone, you know, that isn't at the top of, uh, of yeah. uh, you know, Sheiks are, are are up there, so it, it there, there's they're also holy men. But they're also yeah. holy men, which yeah, can no. fit into that. <laughs> like, like I mean, yeah, being a sheik and being a bad guy and evil in wrestling doesn't like it's not yeah. the same thing. But like, but yeah, no, like I I actually enjoyed doing the character. You know, like I love being a heel. Like I mm -hmm. really love it when people hate me and they tell yeah. me like if somebody makes a sign, you know, like just. Like, I don't know about you or whatever, but like, you know, it's like anything involved in wrestling. Like, I'm a pretty lazy guy. So to get somebody <laughs> to make a sign, take 10, 20 minutes out of their day to like color this thing and whatever, to because they hate me and they want to show it in the crowd and make fun of me. Like, I appreciate the hell out of that. Yeah. Because like, yeah. you know, like, 
like anybody can just come and yell at me, but it takes time for them to like actually do something. <laughs> taking that, taking that energy, like, taking uh, that time out of their day to say specifically, yeah, you, you I know, don't like you. Or just like, yeah. or just like, like I've had people be like, I'm going to hit the gym for two years and I'm going to kick your ass. And I'm like, well, like, do good. Go like do it up. Right. <laughs> yeah. it, it's just, it's a lot of fun, but like, um, I, what I didn't want, which I don't know if it happened or not, but it's like, I, it probably doesn't because whatever, but like, just when you see something at wrestling and they see me and they're like, you know, saying like racial things or whatever, I just didn't want people to take that hate. And like, you know, you go, a kid goes to school and he sees like a Lebanese kid or whatever. And they just start throwing those same slurs. I'm sure they would anyways, or if they did or they don't like whatever. But so it was like, I always made sure at the end of the show, if a fan came up to me, you know, and I was out of my sheet clothes, I would be nice to them. I wouldn't be, you know, like, yeah, you know, if I'm in the park lot, like I'm like, she, you know, he can go my car as soon as I'm done wrestling, you know, so there's no reason for me to be like, you know, get out of here, stupid kids or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, cause like, I, 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 you know, I want those fans to come back and like, yeah, I mean, it does take away from the speak and everything, but at the same time, like, if I'm the sheik in the parking lot and I mm-hmm. piss the guy off and he punches me in the face, well, I'm not going to sit there and let him hit me. Like then, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to defend myself. And if I end up beating the shit out of this guy, then mm-hmm. people are just going to be like, well, I don't want to come to a show because this guy's an actual asshole and he's like beating up fans and whatever. Oh, so, how the times have but, changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> but, and like, I don't know. I, I just feel like being the sheik was just an easy thing for me because like, I mean, I grew up around sheiks. My uncles are sheiks, you know, mm-hmm. I know the Muslim culture and everything in it. So it's like, it's not like I'm some Italian guy who's like, Oh, you kind of look Middle Eastern. Do you mind being a sheik? And I'm just like, Oh yeah, sure. You know, just cause I want to wrestle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, okay. strong will. <clears throat> you know but like i'm just happy they're like okay you're gonna be chic not like nizar the donair guy you know so. <laughs> let's be honest though you would get nizar the donair guy over you would yeah, get that I, character I, over i would i would and you love donairs come on man i i, I love donairs but i'd rather not be no- you'd rather be you'd rather be nizar the taco guy or the, what is it burrito <laughs> king or something burrito king. Uh, the, the taco eating champion yeah man. taco eating oh. champion now, uh, Andy, you, you, yes. you dabbled in uh, the pseudo uh, foreign menace for a while. Yes. You were Sheik Ayatollah Andy for a No, Ayatollah Adnan Alvaziri Anderson. Yeah, okay. Let's that say that three times. <laughs> yes, yes. But what if I break it down? Each part of that, though, played a tribute. Spells Andy? Oh, I <laughs> spelled no, Andy. Each part played a tribute. Bad. So. No, but because because you're bringing up so the Ayatollah part because and this is because I was teaming I was gonna be teaming with uh, Nizar the Sheik so he was already a Sheik so to make me an Ayatollah also gave tribute again to our AWA past of Crusher Blackwell Ken Patera you know because there was Sheik and Al Casey there was Ayatollah Blackwell so there was the Ayatollah Uh, Adnan was because for Sheik and Al Casey Al Vaziri was the is part of the shoot name of the Iron Sheik. And then Anderson is because, well, you know, it's still Andy Anderson. So yeah. you kind of have to just to piss people off even more. But that's, you know, that was kind of my, and putting the name together. I don't remember how it even came together, but that was just, that was it, was taking tributes from the different parts mm-hmm. of those foreign menaces that were like, did such an awesome job. Because, I mean, you know, we kind of 
didn't really touch on Sheik Adnan Al Casey, mm-hmm. but I mean, you know, as as a four menace heel, he was amazing. Yes. So you know, there's for that. But uh, yeah, I, I dabbled, I turned or whatever, and uh, uh, part of it was just being the sympathizer, kind of again the way like Crusher Blackwell or Sergeant Slaughter, any of those guys had. The difference being is that I was already a heel, mm-hmm. so I kind of already had some of that. I already had the Andy Anderson heat, and. <laughs> Now, do you feel, though, that um, the whole sympathizer thing, uh, throwing in with the bad guys, did it make more heat for Andy Anderson, or did they already just hate you at that same level? I, I Honestly, I think, to, and this is where, you know, and kind of agree with, with some of the things you said, I think it kind of added a bit of extra spice, mm-hmm. just because in doing it and becoming, the, the, becoming a sympathizer, and because, uh, now, you know, in, in part, kind of putting me with Sheik was, you know, kind of work together and, and help get more heat. Mm-hmm. But uh, being a big Iron Sheik fan, mm-hmm. you know, and especially whatever, like eight, ten years ago when, when uh, Sheik was doing a lot more on the Internet and he was kind of being exploited in that sense and yeah. all his drunken, drug-fueled stupors or whatever. Um, you know, I'd watch enough of them where, you know, I'd start imitating for the boys and you're doing it in the back and it's kind of like a ha ha and it's, Hey, wouldn't this become a thing if, so I think once we kind of pulled that out and kind of added that, that's where that extra spice came in because I would do the, the, you know, and I would speak, I call it, you know, speaking cheeky <laughs> you know, to kind of do that thing with just, you know, people just get even more pissed off at it because like, look, we know, you know, obviously we know, you're you're not you're not a sheik you're not an ayatollah this is you know, crap but anytime people would try and talk to me i'd still respond and you know the voice and all that and 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 for, and for what it's worth in case anybody ever wants to come back and say anything against me doing that part of the gimmick i actually did uh the impersonation for the iron sheik and he loved it okay so, now i gotta ask then you know nazar said if he's outside and a fan comes up to him and he stops the sheik stuff does Andy Anderson stop the dick stuff when he's in the uh, parking lot and no. the fan comes up to him? I didn't think no. so. You always talk no. about that. Yeah, no, that, that was me very like, – I mean, you know, and that's a little bit of the old school. And, and, and doing it, I, I'm not a – you know, I mean, and obviously because kind of like Raven said, like, boy, have times changed. And, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure Scotty Mack knows too. But uh, not to the point of being a, like a complete ass. But that's why mm-hmm. a lot of times, uh, even when you've been backstage, you know, like when mm-hmm. when – tear down happens if there's still some fans hanging around i won't go out because yeah. i don't want to have to interact with anybody plus and, you want to take down the ring well no but i, I, <laughs> I still get in there i do my part but it's but even if, if when i do it's very minimal it's very yeah. you know if they say something to me it's mm-hmm. like one word answer it's i'm not looking to engage a conversation mm-hmm. you know okay that's, that's kind of yeah now i want to switch gears here for a second we talked about like bringing in uh the foreign stuff uh different countries. And we also talk about difference. Now I want to ask Raven Lake. Okay. Raven, uh, you wrestled your career and I wouldn't say it's like a gimmick, but you, you, you portrayed uh, the native American. a lot. Did you ever find that fans keyed into the racist parts or the difference parts? Did they, did you find people didn't like you because of that sometimes? Did you ever come across that? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's always the drunk Indian, the stupid Indian, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. There's always been the racial part of it. Um, that Were was you a, ba- that you were a baby face for more of your career, though, yeah? When I came, when I, yeah, in my earlier career, yeah. And then partway through when I came back in 2008, and then I had that feud with my daughter, 
where I was heel and that was just brutal. The only time I got shown any kind of love really was when we were doing reserve shows. Ouch. Okay. And once again, there's an example of people being looked at because you're different than the crowd. But so, was it? But but if you're a heel as the mom, what, weren't you getting the the heat because you were the you were the mom? Because I was the mom. The, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. Like their mothers. That's what it was based on. Mothers. Like, it was. But you yeah, felt there no. was. But did you feel the racial undertones a lot uh, personally? Earlier, I did. Yeah, Scotty's 100% right about the heat that I got when I had the feud with my oldest daughter. Um, but the. The racial part, it it wasn't crazy bad. Like I never, you know, got into fights out in the parking lot over it. I actually Mm -hmm. had more fights in the early 90s when I wasn't doing the native gimmick. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Okay. But if if we're going to like switch gears a little bit, like on the menace Mm -hmm. part, we're going like a lot towards heel heavy menacing and stuff like that. What about people like Eddie Guerrero who came in, but he was a menace in a funny way. Like it was more comedy, Mm -hmm. but he was still a menace. He was always in everybody's shit. He was always causing stuff. He was still a menace, but he was. But I don't, I don't think that had anything to do with him being Mexican, though, did it? I don't know what you well, guys he think. came out with the whole, you know. Oh, yeah. The... Yeah, but that, <laughs> the means, but that wasn't was... the thing. I don't think that got him. I tried to shake my shoulders, but I can't do that. <laughs> shake the phone. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, yeah, there we go. <laughs> okay, no, let's let's talk about the, the Eddie Guerrero. That, that's a fair question. What do you guys think of that? I'm sure I'm sure to certain uh to certain audiences to certain demographics mm-hmm. I'm I'm I wouldn't surprise me if that was the extra spice mm-hmm. um you know cuz it's it, 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 people you know when we talk about the and just I was thinking about this as as kind of Raven was talking about like kind of the, the native american thing and, and and you know when we talk about these four menaces people automatically or it looks, you know, people automatically look for the worst in whatever the difference is. So, you know, if you're, whether you're going to be Russian, they're going to look for all the nasty Russian things. If you're going to be Middle Eastern, you know, all the nasty things, you know, even you said with the Japanese, so whether it's mm-hmm. Japanese, I'm, I'm going to go broader than that and say just like the Asian or Oriental, because mm-hmm. even reading a lot about yeah. Bruce Lee, uh, you know, you know, it was hard for him to get like mainstream for TV shows and stuff because he mm-hmm. didn't want to be like the Chinaman. The, oh, yes. So, yes. So, oh, so, so, you know, all yeah. that kind of stuff. So anything uh, when you're looking at somebody different, it's like automatically you're not going to go, oh, Japanese. Well, you know, their uh, their respect levels are great. Their their discipline is great. They're great with technology in this. It's like, well, no, no, they're sneaky. They're cheating. They're always throwing salt. Mm-hmm. I think to, you know, to, to Raven's point. Um, you know, it, that might not have been a big thing for, for Eddie, like maybe at certain points where if there was a little more focus on, um, you know, like the Latino world order or, mm-hmm. or something along those lines. But I, I, I don't, to me, I don't see that that was a big thing for the main audience, but you can kind of see where the, the audience that would typically be more of the, I don't want to say racist, just the the people that are you know very easily against or opposed to anybody or anything different, mm-hmm. that would probably be one of the things they would focus on more. Yeah. Wouldn't you say though, it's a positive that that the like with most, as far as I remember, the Native American gimmicks or, or you know Aboriginal gimmicks in Canada, all that, like the mostly baby faces, no. Mm-hmm. And no. if they were heels, it wasn't 50, 50, man. because, 50, 50. yeah, 
Because it yeah, wasn't there was because a lot they of were that. Native American that they were getting getting heat. And then the the mm-hmm. the like Raven talking about them saying drunk and stupid, like that legit mm-hmm. just is racist coming yeah. from the fans, as yeah. opposed to um, you know, saying something because they're different. There, I, I found that there's there's a it's almost a 50 50. I think there was a lot of Native American so? wrestlers, yeah. Name, there was name, a, name some names, uh, Chief, Chief Wahoo McDaniel. The first uh half of his career, he was the hated Indian, uh, you know, they they portrayed him as this violent, hated uh native guy all across the U.S. He was a big name. Um, see, I always remember him as a baby face, yeah. But mm-hmm. check the first half of his career, he was a vicious heel that uh. You know, was shooting with dusty rules, kind of, kind of like the sheep herders. <laughs> Sorry, was it based on him being Native American though that he was? The well, heel? that's what they played it up. Yeah, they played it up that he was the, like when he right when he started, he was the dangerous native, the angry native, um, the savage. This, yeah, I guess, sorry, savage is the word they would use yeah. a lot. There were a couple guys who came through uh, Stampede Wrestling who uh, vacillated between good and bad that were native wrestlers. I can't think of their names right now, but there was a couple I remember that. Um, there was more probably uh, positive, but even the guys who did portray it would tell you, especially American ones, and they said it was extremely rough being a Native American wrestler in, in the United States. They were treated like absolute garbage even when they were the good guys. You know, the fans uh, just reluctantly uh, looked at him that way. Uh, you know what, though? I guess the biggest thing we can take out of all this, too, is how things change the perception of the world around us. Uh, words today that are abhorrent, that are horrible, 30, 40, 50 years ago were everyday things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about the Japanese wrestler here. Um, I always laugh about this because it shows just how weird racism is and how it changes is i'm a big comic book collector and i love collecting comic books from the 1930s and 40s like really old stuff right and i buy these like uh bounds where they put all these like expensive things into a big book and they'll put some of these uh they'll put like the original ads that appeared in some of these books so i have this volume which is like the first six issues of captain america and it includes all of the original um advertisements in it and it's from 1946 or 45 and there is one page in the back where it says, buy U.S. bonds. You, too, can slap a Jap. Just send in blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yes. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, slap a What? <laughs> okay, but that was totally acceptable in 1946 to say something like that. And in the, an issue or two later, and this one just bothers me the most because it's just so stupid. Uh, there's an advertisement for uh, this group of superheroes called the Legionnaire Superboys, right? And what they were is they were a bunch of young guys from different countries and races who banded together to help fight the Nazis. And they have a picture of each of these characters. And they're like, Joe knows how to work a radio. Fred, expert in musicians, uh, munitions. (laughs) Sorry, not musicians, munitions. (laughs) Then it comes to the black character and it says that he can spit a watermelon seeds uh, farther oh, than anyone else. No way. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, and that was accepted then. That was kids reading this stuff in comic books in the 1940s. Mm, horrible. So we see that, this evolution over the years of how characters keep uh, becoming, you know, the racial thing changes. The things happening in the world makes you keen and hate. But look at today. There have been times where we've had things where people have tried almost weird things and they've been cut down. Uh, who's that guy? There was the Undertaker guy, the black guy who was calling himself the End Taker. Do you guys ever hear this dude? He Whoa. tried. 
Yeah, he oh. was calling himself that. And he's I, he was the black man undertaker, but he was calling himself the Undertaker. And he was trying to get what bookings across. What year was this? Oh, like three years ago, four years ago. Yes, nobody would really hire him, but he was forcing it out there. Um, then people found, you know, like, who was this other guy too? There was a guy recently, I think like two, three years ago, it was a German guy. I don't even think he was German, but he was trying to do a Nazi <laughs> gimmick. And nobody wanted to hire this dude either. And uh, so today it's kind of, you know, you look back at this and, and, and is there room? Because I really racked my head today. Can anyone name me in AEW or in WWE anyone who's really a foreign menace right now? Somebody who, because they're from some place, I mean, the only one I could think different. of, the only one I could think of is maybe is that a Walter guy from, uh, from um, NXT, NXT, because he's he's kind of the prototypical Prussian bruiser. I, but well, I think I, that the most recent um, version of what would have been an older style, like Foreign Menace type thing, where he's getting heat from being from somewhere else, would have been uh, Rusev at one point. Yeah. Oh, hey, yeah. Ooh, good call. Wrestling, Very good call. call. Yeah. Wrestling Cena at Mania, yeah. and Cena was defending the U.S. title. Yeah, yeah, and he had the, and he came out in the tank and the Bulgarian yeah. brute. Yeah, definitely good call. Now he plays video games and gets mad if you yeah. mess with his video game playing. Mess with that, stuff. That's sad. <laughs> sad video on, games. On a very weak, on a, on on the very like superficial weakest level, and, yeah. and I'm only going to say this because more of it suggesting the uh, the stereotype is. Uh, who's the ninja with the 24-7 title? Oh, Akira Tozawa. Tozawa. That, to me, just because making him I mean, making him a ninja, to me, seems kind of... Eh. Yeah, but he's not a menace. He's not really a bad guy, is he? He's well, just, like, I, I, I'm just comedy. saying, as close, but, but as, close, as close to mm-hmm. uh, the, the stereotyping of what we kind of say as a foreign menace, mm-hmm. that's... Like, I'm, I'm, just, like, I'm, not, I'm not saying it to say that's a choice, but I'm just saying kind of how weak... You know, outside of Rusev, I don't mm-hmm. who. Yeah, I don't know who okay. else. I can I can say the last super big hated guy, and and, and I think in my for this whole thing was Muhammad Hassan. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember that dude? Yeah. And it, there there goes our great our great example. Here was an Italian guy portraying a Middle Eastern dude. I didn't know he was Italian. He was Italian. He there was no Middle Eastern in him whatsoever. Uh, he uh, comes out with this gimmick where he is like. Uh, He's a sheik, right? He's he's the the modern day sheik, and um, he comes out, and then you know he had this thing where he's had a gang of bunch of guys come out like on SmackDown one time, uh, yeah. dressed in hoods and stuff, and yeah. they all held down the Undertaker and did like some kind of, and it made it look like I guess they said, and I don't know enough about this, but it portrayed like how Middle Eastern security police would rush in and take no, out a terrorist or something like that. That week. Well, the, 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 there was an attack. No, the, the, yeah, well, he'll, he'll get I mean, to, yeah, yeah. I was getting to that, but it was the idea also what those, these guys look like. The way they were dressed, the hoods and everything, is they were reminiscent of the secret police in some of these Middle Eastern countries would detain terrorists or whatever or people of interest. And then the next night or two, there was a terrorist attack in London uh, in <laughs> that had a Middle Eastern thing to it. And then all of a sudden, this dude. Um, the, the, the network comes out and says to the WWE, we don't want this guy on any of our shows anymore. Despite the fact he, you know, I mean, really, what's the connection? It's a wrestler. But uh, this guy's whole career gets wiped out over something like that. And uh, 
that is, I think, one of the biggest last real foreign. But I got to give it to Rusev. Uh, yeah, Rusev did this thing, but it was sort of funny too because they always re- said him as the Bulgarian nightmare, but they never really. You notice how they'd always push, like with you a Russian, there was very Russian music, Russian this, Russian yeah. that. And it seemed with um, Rusev a lot, he was Bulgarian. That was it. I mean, they did the thing mm. with the tanks once, but they didn't really try and portray a lot of Bulgarian or something. You know what I mean? Trying to make that extra oh, But he spoke a like foreign language to. and he was mm-hmm. he was a brute and he was rough. I mean, is it, mm-hmm. I mean, really, would he, would he be portrayed any much differently than Nikolai Volkov outside of not singing the anthem? Mm-hmm. Well, that is it, though. The, was it the anthem? I don't know. I'm just wondering myself. But yeah. he was definitely one of the, the last guys that I can really think of. Uh, today, you know, you look at some of the guys. I mean, one of the most popular guys on NXT is – I don't even know if he really is Russian, but there's a Russian wrestler uh, that is uh, – what's his name? Ilya Dragunov? Ilya Dragunov. Dragunov is one of the most popular guys in NXT. Uh, all of a sudden, we're really repackaging when somebody is from another country – now we are showing them as good guys, yeah. you know? Uh, the one thing that makes me, th- you know, I was really liking this, and I want to know what you guys' opinion on this, because it seems like they pushed it for a while, and then WWE backed right off, but was Mustafa Ali. Uh, right after the Cruiserweight Championship came out, he was booked to be a bad guy, but fans latched onto him right away, and they quickly turned him, and he really started promoting the fact of the thing of just because I have a name that's different and just because I seem like I'm from a country you're afraid of, don't judge me. And they went with it for a while, but I feel like they didn't push it enough and they could have got a lot more mileage out of it because now they've turned Ellie into like, I believe he's like the, the behind the leader. Yeah. He's the retribution. Now he's a sneaky middle Easterner again, I suppose. I don't know. But, wow, uh, but is he a sne- sneaky middle Easterner or just a sneaky guy? Well, his name mm-hmm. name is still Mustafa Ali, and he's uh, and he's apparently I mean? also the mystery hacker. Oh, the mystery hacker story! God, let's not even get into that garbage. But uh, so, is there? What do you guys think of that? First of all, taking somebody like that of a thing and really pushing them out there—will it work in today's society? Can it work? Because it it seemed like Ali started to work, but then they really cooled off it. A- anyone? Scotty looked like he was going to say something. That's why I was going to wait Well, I mean, is it with Mustafa Ali, like, Mm -hmm. maybe it's like, you know, they did the thing where it's like, just because I'm from Mm -hmm. a country where you you think you don't like me, um, is it that he surpassed that need to, to, like, wasn't he just, like, isn't he, wasn't he just good? And and he's like a legit wicked dude, like, by the sound of it, like, he sounds like a wicked dude. Mm-hmm. Um, doing cool things for for fans and all that, like uh, send the kid the Halloween costume, all that. Yeah. Um, so it's maybe maybe it wasn't necessary. Maybe he's good enough, and maybe they're trying to give the wrestling fans credit that they're not going to dislike mm-hmm. him just because he's from there. Wow, you're giving wrestling fans credit? <laughs> How long have you been in this business, man? <laughs> Sorry. I'm saying they're trying to give them credit. <laughs> they're trying to give whether them credit. they deserve the credit or not. That you know, we, okay, so still out. I don't know. So the question here then is, uh, I'm going to ask you, Tony, and just say yes or no, uh, uh, Scotty. If if we can start packaging uh, uh, wrestlers from other countries, very much their ethnic base, can we package them as successful baby faces by letting them be who they are from whatever country they represent? 
hundred percent more though, more so than ever before. But doable. Okay. Yes. Uh, Raven, do you think it's doable in this day and age? Uh, I'm kind of uh, on the line with this one. Society mm -hmm. is so touchy these days. Like, mm -hmm. you really have to be careful what you say, how you do it, how you portray anything. You have to be a really, really well thought out mm -hmm. before you did it. No chinks in the armor for sure. People are going to exploit that. That's for sure. Uh, Nizar, is this possible? Yeah, I think so. Just because I think like back in the day, it's just you could say some guys from like from whatever country. It's not mm -hmm. like they had computers or phones to look it up. Now mm -hmm. you could, you you know, you could say like whatever, some guy from whatever country, you look it up and you're like, oh, it's a beautiful country. They're not savages over there. Just like bloodthirsty monsters. They're actually like, great people there's every ethnic restaurant you could think of probably anywhere in your city you know mm -hmm. so you could try their food and actually meet the people and just i think back in the day the reason why they were all heels is just because you didn't know much of anything and you know it's natural mm -hmm. just to fear what you don't know yeah. now it's like pretty much there's so many people in canada like i have more you know like i mean the only like non-ethnic people i hang out with are the guys from wrestling mm -hmm. but like pretty much all my friends that i hang out outside of wrestling they have a different ethnic background you know and it's just it's hard to like basically throw a rock and i mean this is terrible to say not hit an ethnic guy you know <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. throwing stones <laughs> <laughs> But so like now it's definitely easier to be like, you know, whether it's a black Asian mm -hmm. or, you know, from even a guy from like wherever just to be like, put him as a face and make him a good guy. Just cause like, you know, they don't off of, you know, the old stereotypical, what they used to be or what mm -hmm. you are told they are. Okay. It's, just, it's just way easier now. Cause like, now it's like, you know, like, Oh yeah, this is my buddy from Oleg from Russia, and he's a sweet dude, and you know he's pretty cool. And you, you know, I don't know. You just huh. okay. Yeah, basically. All right, Andy. It would be uh, easy. Oh, oh sorry. So no, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. I, I've interrupted you more than enough times. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I think if you were to package the package it as uh, more as face now then it, it would probably work a lot better. You could use that as an opportunity as well to be able to actually like teach people more about the cultures. Okay. Andy, is there a room for ultra good uh, faces in, will it work? Will it work? Absolutely. I agree with the way Scotty Max said it. I mean, I think it's kind of the general consensus. Um, and just, I got kind of two thoughts here. One other person, and I'm just, we may agree or disagree is, is terms of a more uh, recent foreign menace. Mm -hmm. would be oh i just lost him and i and i talked to him on a like semi regular basis um are you going to say jinder mahal jinder mahal yeah. absolutely mm -hmm. absolutely and and to and to uh to an extent I mean, even the association of uh of the bollywood boys with them the with herman brothers Garth. Right yeah because it's just you know uh for the time there where where jinder was the champ I mean that you know I mean even with him and, and and you know a little bit Kali where they had like the Punjabi prison match which 
really had nothing. I think we, we kind of talked before, like there's nothing really to do with Punjabi or prison. It was just something <laughs> different. Yeah. But I, but I think, uh, uh, and, and I think <laughs> to his credit, gender is just a naturally good heel. Like he's, people mm-hmm. just like to hate him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to say he's a nice guy because that'll kind of ruin the rap, but you know, <laughs> but, uh, but I think he's probably one of even more so than, you know, the Rusev kind of like a more recent foreign menace, but mm-hmm. um, to what everybody was saying about, you know, the baby faces being foreign, whatever. I think absolutely, because for the most part, you know, you're very, you know, even look at like guys like John Cena, Roman Reigns, you're never going to get somebody that's going to be like, or very rare to get somebody that's 100% baby face in today's wrestling world. Because some people are just going to like, you know, not like people because everybody else likes them or because, oh, because they're good, because they're successful, because they're getting pushed. Therefore, I will not like them. Mm-hmm. But if you, uh, I think when it speaks to the authenticity of an individual, so if you're saying if they're from Russia or they're from the Middle East and, and, you know, and they, they're good at what they do, their promos are good, you know, they have strong communication skills or wrestling skills are good, or, you know, they provide some other emotional connection or some sort of entertainment value, then the people will get behind them you know, regardless of kind of where they're from, you'll get the people that are of the same culture of the same area. You know, a lot of them will be like, okay. And again, like kind of using gender and, uh, and, and, and uh, the sing boys, you know, it's like one of those things where I mean, the sing boys do a great job of, of showing kind of the Indian culture and, and, and the Bollywood aspects and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you're going to get those people that are going to get behind them, but then, you know, you, you take it to India and, you know, it's, they're, they're heroes. Mm-hmm. If I could follow up too, you proved what, what like the, the answer to the question by bringing up gender and then, and then the Bollywood boys, because before, before Gerv and Harv um, made it uh, and they were here in ECCW, yeah. um, they, as the Bollywood boys, they, at first they, we had them as heels and the fans just naturally got into them being the Bollywood boys to the point where yeah. they're they're two of our most over baby faces we've ever had. Where instead of chanting butter chicken because they hated the Bollywood boys, <laughs> they chanted butter exactly. chicken because they loved them. And yeah. that's full on, you know, race related. You know, that's mm-hmm. the culture. They, uh, they love their chicken. butter chicken. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. And, and I think, too, I think people these days, um, I mean, more so depending on where you are, um, it's it's going to be frowned upon if you, if you are hating someone because they're different. And I think a good example is like in the in the 80s and even in the 90s, if you had a gay gimmick, you were a heel because you were you were preying on the people's um you know they weren't comfortable they didn't know what to think yep. and 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 how to feel about this and now i don't think you could get away with having a a, a gay wrestler as a as a heel anymore they they would almost have to be baby face except in mexico oh okay i think they can still do it there yeah okay i just people would be just too afraid to be looked at as as homophobic if yeah. they were to boo someone because especially if the gimmick if they're trying to get heat by you know working the gay gimmick okay yeah. now um it, yeah things have changed a lot you know we illustrated that from from an ad 1940s uh to looking at japanese to today uh the way we you know there's so many 
things that we have. People are afraid to actually say things because you can get in a lot of trouble now saying the wrong thing. But on the flip side of that, we also live in a society where people of color are, are killed more often than not by uh, things that break out. We're in the middle of, we had pretty much race war almost happening this summer in the United States. And to an extent, some of it hit here up in, in, uh, in Canada. Uh, you can still turn on a match where you can see a Canadian and a British wrestler wrestling in the U.S. and the Americans are chanting USA. So it makes you get, wonder. I don't want to get too controversial here, but the mm-hmm. statistics don't back up what you're saying about people of color being killed. No, no, it's no. Not but the case. That's, I'm not just, that's, that's okay, the narrative. we're not going to get into that. We thinks. won't get into that. But there's that perception right now. There was whole bunches of protests. There was all kinds of things that happened along the way. So it makes you wonder if there's this much uh, disturbance, how much can people really get behind accepting these things we're talking about today. If this, if ongoing race problems are still a hot button issue, I don't know how. how it's... I think I think the media is to blame for that. Fair I think enough. the media has, has exploited. I think the media is to blame. I think I think more than anybody this summer and all those riots, mm-hmm. the media has the blood on their hands for for how they for how they've portrayed everything and because the it just. We, we were doing this is getting crazy but like we were doing well racially like we're not perfect but as a society as a culture we've come a really really far way and i think we're continuing to and by I, focusing on racial differences and focusing on the, the divide people are people are more divided than they've been i'd say in in five or ten years i think that's easy to say as a white man um I think I, uh, again. I'm just I, I'm just going by this by the I'm statistics. Just, well, you know what? Uh, I'm, we're not going to get into the racial thing here. All that right. wasn't the whole point of this thing. But uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like, but one thing. The last question I'm going to ask you guys then is this: In today's society, we said, can you get over somebody being racial and make them a good guy? Can you portray an old-fashioned? out and out foreign menace. Is that possible in today, like to go the full spectrum? Can it work on a national scale? Can you be the Nazi? Can you be the hated uh, Russian? Can you be the hated some ethnic group? Is it possible in today's society of speaking up and, and all these other things? Is that a possible doable thing these days? Scotty, is it possible? Can, I, can oh, we make a I character got, like I that? I got one for you. I, I want everyone yep. else to go first. Okay, Bizarre. Uh, yeah, like, I feel like some things like being a Nazi, you can't just because mm-hmm. like the whole Holocaust and like the mm-hmm. impact it had, but like to be like uh, an evil Russian guy or like, I'm still, I'm only a good guy in PWA mm-hmm. everywhere else I go, whether it's like, if I'm in the States, like automatically I'm healed, which is fine. And I play it up and the people love it. And, you know, in, when I go to like, Saskatchewan stuff I'm still a heel and I still play it up just as much as I did when I first started and you know I feel like you can do it if it's Mm -hmm. tastefully done like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit there and be like you know all you stupid white people eating your dirty bacon or whatever it is (laughs) you know or just like dinner you know if if you got if if you got like you know that's a Muslim thing I love it I love it 
or, or just how it's like, you know, to me, it's like, you know, like I understand how Christmas is important to other people. To me, it's like an average Tuesday or whatever day it is, mm-hmm. you know, and I could just be like, you know, I could say like Christmas is just a waste of a good work day, you lazy people, whatever, blah, blah, but I'm not going to sit there and like talk bad about Christianity or whatever. So it's like, you can always do the gimmick as long as you don't cross the line of, you know, mm-hmm. offending people. Cause like, I could just say like, you know, yeah, I'm sure like, you know, everybody says bacon smells good or I mean, tastes good, but look how fat you people are, you know, and just, hey. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, 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 it's, it's, it's fattening. It's greasy. It stinks. Just like all you people, instead of being like, you know, uh, Christmas is a waste of a work day because, you know, you know, I'm, I'm not going to start talking bad about Jesus, whatever, but like, you know what I mean? If, mm-hmm. you know, I can shit on things that I don't do. Cause like, whatever, I've never ate bacon before. I'm told it tastes, Amazing. I've also never had a Christmas, but I'm not going to be bitter because like my friend John gets presents at Christmas and whatever, but it's a perfect thing to say. Like, you know, like ah, bacon is fattening and it's just, it's perfect for you fat Canadian people. Instead of white people, I'll say like Canadian or whatever else. I'm you people. Dirty, dirty, dirty <laughs> American pigs. And like when you know, like if if I did say like you people and something, well, what do you mean by you people? I'll be yeah. like you know, you, <laughs> you fat, dirty North American Canadians, blah blah blah. Because like once you start, like as long as you do it properly and kind of like take, you know, how people try to like add the racism to things, you know, mm-hmm. and you just like cut it out immediately, you know, I think you could do anything. But I'm not gonna be like. You know, I think the Holocaust was a great idea. You know, oh, like whatever, because like obviously, yeah. like that'd like, be some good like, heat. I, I would like, you know, <laughs> it would be like great. It'd be super cheap, but like, you know, like That's I, I have Jewish friends. You know, I got Jewish friends. I got gay friends, and just whatever. And you know, like as the stereotypical Muslim, like I'm supposed to hate those people, but you know, like they never did anything wrong to me. You know, and I'm not gonna talk bad about like a jewish person who could have lost his grandfather in the holocaust or whatever it is you know okay it's just the same thing as like you know like i mean i mean like I mean, you know like muslim people are infamous for being suicide bombers but i'm not going to be like man i really wish i was wearing a vest in this crowd to, you know <laughs> get that heat kind of thing, so. <laughs> wow okay uh raven so, <laughs> so sorry <laughs> Raven, can this kind of, can can you can you can you go full bore and be in an ethnic uh, uh, or a foreign menace type uh, heel these days? Is, is it doable on a national scale? I mean, I'm sure we can get away with things on a smaller scale, but you ever see the WWE or AEW investing in that kind of character? I don't know. It's something that has to totally be done right. You have, I guess, you know what? That's such a hard question, really. If the, if the character is done right, but you also have to think on the other side that the fans today are a lot smarter than they were back then. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like um, he was saying earlier, once the show is over, if he's out in the parking lot and there's kids out there, he's not the heel anymore. You know, he'll just talk to him. He'll take pictures, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's a totally different world now. So, you know what? I don't know how to answer that one. And I don't want to 
piss anybody off, so I'm going to try and be okay. nice this week, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Andy? I'm very curious to hear who Scotty Mac has. And I've been, like, ever since, as soon as he said, I'm like, okay, like, I'm trying to, you know, figure things out. Overall, like, and, and, what, and one of the things that you just said that kind of made me, made me tweak my answer a bit is because we're just talking more like on a national level. So like, yeah, AEW, WWE, I'm going to say very difficult next to impossible in today's society, mm-hmm. um, which is, which is messed up in a sense, but, let me. I'm going to go one way and then I'll come back. I think when it comes down to uh, you know with with television and you know being a publicly traded company and national advertisers and stuff, you know you have to answer to certain people. And at the end of the day, if they're you know not going to get behind, well, either you know pull this character almost like Muhammad Hassan. You know, if, if you're going to have this character, we don't want to be a part of your show. We're going to pull out. The network's going to pull out. You know, Vince has to talk to the the to the, the shareholders at the quarterly meeting. What about this character? Why are we doing this? Uh, because especially in today's society, for as smart as you know, people are like kind of like Raven said, uh, you know, people can just as easily be offended or just as easily find reasons to want to be offended. Um, the other thing that I think makes it very difficult with professional wrestling is the double standard and our you know one of the underlying kind of things with our business is the suspension of disbelief and there's times we want you to believe it's real times we want you to believe it's it's a show and and where i find that frustrating with this particular instance is let's just we'll use the russians no no disrespect to the russians but because in the 80s it was such a, a heel presence to try to do like a russian heel in a i could be a russian heel in a movie that we, you know, that we brought out in 2020, 2021, it would be fine. People wouldn't bat an eye. It was just, that was in the movie, Russian bad guy. If I tried to portray that same character for WWE or AEW, that would become a problem because now for, for, you know, the, the double standard trying to blur the lines, it's like, almost like, whoa, whoa, buddy, that's, you've gone too far. You know, if I'm going to try and sing the Russian national anthem and, you know, death to Americans and Canadians and stuff. So overall, I'm going to say, you know, it's, 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 it's a very, very touchy thing to do. And I think as, as and Scotty Max probably going to prove me wrong in about 30 seconds here, but overall, I, I think it's something that's just going to be like best left alone because okay. there's too much, too much red tape, too much, you know, other people that they might have to answer to that just, it probably in the end wouldn't be worth the hassle we'll try and figure out our heels some other way okay scotty so there, there wasn't anyone um in particular and um i think if um if how it can be done these days a foreigner um of getting heat for being a foreigner is uh i think that the the only safe way is the um, air of superiority that you have being from this country that you're saying is better than the other ones, you know, like, uh, which we've talked about. That's, I think that's the the way we can still do it. I think um, Mm -hmm. like I've done it myself as a Canadian. I did it in Portland wrestling. I said that, that the Canadian wrestlers were the better wrestlers on the show and they, you know, they didn't have good enough American wrestlers. They had to go to Canada, bring us in. Um, when I was in Paraguay, um, I, 
uh, I claim to be uh, better than them because I was from, from Canada. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it just, we can do it, the foreigner thing, if it's based on our own arrogance of being better than where, where we are. Okay, but not kind the like, full bore, which we yeah, call it. kind of like the Hart Foundation. Then when they when yeah. they did that, yeah, okay, yeah, and then and I and I think um, and uh, maybe I'll ask you guys with with not necessarily um, uh, China or Chinese people, but the Chinese Communist Party. Mm -hmm. Maybe there would be something there um, because. Of, of everything that's gone on in, in the last year. The, the, the Chinese Communist Party that, that has, you know, a million Muslims in camps and things like that. So um, that's still easy to, to hate, not because they're Chinese, but because of the Chinese Communist Party that's doing these terrible things. So maybe something there, but uh, uh, probably not. Hard to portray though. <laughs> a little bit hard to portray. But uh, well, it'd be like well, you know what? I want to thank each character or something. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, I want to thank each and every one of you for coming on today's show. It was kind of fun talking about and reminiscing about some of the crazy uh, foreign heels, and uh, talking a bit about the society today. I mean, if anything, the world has changed since the beginning of wrestling, since it became big on television to today. The way villains and heroes are portrayed have, have been vastly changing over the years. Uh, promoters at one time would key into the fears and uh, the unknown, the xenophobia that may exist in us. And as this world has gotten uh, uh, closer together, as technology has made it much more easier us to uh, explore all around us, we find that uh, there is less and less places to mine the unknown from. So the unknown is starting to become less and less of a fear factor. And we find in this day and age that it's really not cool just to judge somebody strictly for because they came from a certain country or they speak a certain language or a certain race. We find that each person is becoming an individual. And sometimes we find ourselves on this more weird, uh, over-vigilant task of uh, people being uh, torn apart for one comment or thrown into a, a like group I'm gonna or be after hated. <laughs> <laughs> All hate mail directed to ECC. No. Um, the so, views in this show are not those of the entire show or the producers. Except Scotty no. <laughs> no, but we find like it's it's such a weird uh, teeter-totter we're on. Um, we, we, we know so much more, but we find ourselves honestly being able to say much less. Uh, speaking too much it gets you in so much trouble with people who would rather not speak at all. And it becomes a weird sort of balance right now. Where the future lies, it's hard to tell. Obviously, it's going to keep changing. Who knows if 50 years from now, it goes back to a full circle to where we were in the 50s. We don't know. But for now, we find ourselves in this odd time where things aren't black and white anymore. There's so many different colors of gray, and we can't just portray our villains as such in our faces as this. It's become a much more complex world. Does that take the fun out of wrestling? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes those colorful, crazy characters of the past, you look at some of those guys and you're like, I love those guys, but man, they would not survive today's climate. No matter how much of good wrestlers they were or good showmen, the world changes. Just like in 1945, Captain America may have told you to slap a Jap, which is probably one of the worst things you've ever heard. Today, that's horrid. 45 years ago, that was acceptable. Who knows where it goes? 
I want to thank each and every one of you guys for coming on, man. This was fun talking about this stuff. Uh, I'm going to go around the table. Each of you throw out your social media and other kind of things you want. Push whatever you want. This is your chance. I'm going on my screen. I see Scotty Mac. Scotty, put out all the stuff you want out there. Uh, you can find me at Smack Wrestling on Twitter and Instagram. You can, uh, I do own ECCW. We are not running shows right now, but hopefully 2021 will uh, uh, mm -hmm. provide uh, plenty more of those. So ECCW.com when that's going again. Um, I do want to say um, I'm, I'm all for, for racial harmony and racial <laughs> equality. Uh, <laughs> Nice, nicely done. I think everyone should be given, um, you know, the equal opportunity. Um, but I, I do stand by what I said that I think um, that concentrating on the things that are that make us different um, is is doing more harm than uh, than than previous to that. So I think I think. Uh, we should be focusing much more on on the good and having the difficult conversations, um, so that uh, that that we do get past this tough time. All right, uh, Nazar, what would you like to throw uh, out there for social media stuff? Uh, you could find me on Facebook if you want at Nizar Watfa. That's N I Z A R W A T F A. On Instagram, I oh god, I think it's the Sheik Akbar. It's either Sheik Akbar or Sheik Shabazz. I, I think it's Akbar changed. Shabazz. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, man. I, I, yeah. And I, I know, it's, I know, it's my Twitter is the Sheik. Okay. Akbar. Yeah, yeah. And you too are also uh, a bit. You have some ownership in a, a wrestling company. And you, what are you guys being promoted? And again, are your PWAs looking in the new year? Yeah, well, I just make sure the ring gets there. But, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and for the record, for Instagram, it's Sheik Shabazz. Is Sheik it? Shabazz. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah, um, probably, hopefully next year. I mean, to mm -hmm. to properly do things and space people out and mm -hmm. draw a crowd where it's kind of worth making money. Worth running. Worth running <laughs> so worth running. Yeah, like I mean, as much as we'd love to wrestle in front of people and whatever. Uh, basically, I don't want to put people at risk, and mm -hmm. I don't want somebody to come at, to our show and end up getting something. Mm -hmm. And I definitely do not want to – like, if I catch coronavirus, whatever, I'm pretty confident I'll beat it. But if mm -hmm. I give it to my parents or somebody else's family member and they end up, you know, yeah. passing away from it, like, I mean, you, you'll, you'll, you'll never, ever forget that. So uh, as much as it sucks, it's just best mm -hmm. to, you know – hopefully next year we can restart and move on well hopefully they'll let you guys have more than crowds of 50 because if not you guys will have to buy extra hot dogs and just feed them oh. they pay the wrestlers in hot dogs and handshakes good old oh. time tradition uh raven what kind of stuff you want to throw out there uh both twitter and instagram are rvn lake or at rvn lake and uh facebook is just raven lake Excellent. And are you are you proud of us that we gone 96% of the show and not use the word custom once? Mm. Anyways, <laughs> Andy, got you there, pal. I Listen, was saying nothing. No more of this custom shit. Um, just nothing not about. nothing is coming. Nothing. That's just heavy it. breathing. All right, Andy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, on Twitter at Andy Anderson PWA, uh, on Instagram 
I'm that guy, TCB247. The letters I-M-T-H-A-T-G-U-I-T-C-B247. Uh, also make sure you're following at WPOV. I know this will get plugged later, but now since I'm officially co-host yeah. of uh, the Quarantine Show, as well as the Global Show where we talk about AEW, uh, so please subscribe or you know follow on there as well. Uh, and to kind of uh, you know kind of go the same theme there is uh, my friend Mr. Scotty Mack, as the wise uh, philosopher Bruce Lee once said, "Under the sky, under the heavens, we are but one family." Ooh. All right, Elio, throw out all those beautiful uh, plugs for us right now for where people can write in. So on Facebook at Wrestling POV Podcast, Instagram Wrestling POV One, and Twitter Wrestling POV. Right, and you heard Andy mention Global, which uh, me and him and Elio host, featuring uh, a serious breakdown of AEW every week. Quarantine, this show here where we have us all come on, talk, pick some topics, have some wrestlers, get fun, get down with it. Uh, we also be doing our Aftermath show following each uh, pay-per-view or big event where we break down that event. And, of course, our sister show, WPOV Wrestling, hosted by Rick Serrano III and Tony Diaz, where they cover all the ins and outs of the WWE. You can find all those on iTunes, Spotify, iBean, TuneIn, MySpace, Clouds in the Back. I'm not sure what the rest are. They're all out there something. Wherever better podcasts can be found. (laughs) So, fans, uh, thanks a lot. the Corona thing's still on. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. For God's sakes, wash your hands. Wear a mask. Who cares if it's... I, if, you know what? I had to wear a mask all weekend. I felt like, you know, I was in some horrible place. I hated it. It was the worst thing in the world. But, you know, I still did it because I... You know, there's other people who get offended if you don't. So I can, you know, I can suffer a tiny bit not to be an asshole for other people, right? So why can't you? That's what I'm saying. Don't make a big <laughs> dick about it, okay? And uh, just be nice to each other, man. We, we talked about race. Who what? Just doesn't even matter just be nice to each other people for god's sakes we're all wrestling fans here we share we share a nerddom that not everybody's in we have a love for something that some people mock and make fun of us forget your color race religion any of that crap we're in the love of wrestling so let's all just look hands and pass each other good matches all right okay. anyway you guys have a great night and uh, elio say good night to the good people hey, fans who we'll talk to y'all next week